I've been sober and clean for for eight years, and I thought that would that would help, and it did to an extent. There were a few things that really entered my life that changed the trajectory of my life, and one was my relationship with God and learning what it meant to respect women, right? And then the camaraderie factor for veterans. I had met this Marine Wade, and he called me right as I got up. And he said, hey, do you want to come shoot a video with us? And I was like, sure. It beats what I'm about to do now. And I came back filled with so much joy and happiness that I don't have to kill myself anymore. I don't have to die. And it just clicked in my head. I need to be around those guys. Because I had met all these soldiers, sailors, Marines that I didn't know were in my community. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sober Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou, and we've got a very special guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a veteran of the military. He's a man who's very committed to making a difference for his fellow human being, especially for his fellow veterans. And he's a man with a lot to say about the subject of men and manhood and masculinity. Angelo Martinez. Welcome to the show, Angelo. Thank you, Nikki. I'm uh, honored to be on it. Man, I'm honored to have you here, my brother. So let's dive right in. Yeah. So tell us your story, man. Let's start right there. So, um, man, I hope we got enough time. <laughs> Uh, oh, we got 30 minutes and you got five to tell the story. So let's roll. <laughs> yeah. So um, so I served eight years in the Marine Corps, Marine Corps Infantry. And during that time, I sustained a uh, traumatic brain injury. Um, wow. I fought in the uh, Battle of Fallujah. Uh, and the, the, we didn't know at TBI, you know, there was – a plethora of us that had severe TBI. We we're dealing with all these things that uh, were unseen, PTI, uh, TBI, PTSD, those kind of things. And uh, those things really uh, started to show when I got back from Iraq. And so I went to Iraq in 04 and 05. Uh, we got back February 05. And from February of 05 until August of 2022, I averaged about an hour and a half asleep at night. Damn. And it sounds uh, insane, but that is pretty accurate for what was happening. Um, and uh, it impacted my entire life. Everything from uh, critical thinking to uh my daily task, uh, forgetting to do things, blacking out on the highway. Um, you know, eventually it got to a point where I, um, 
I was losing the ability to uh, like spell my name properly or write words. Uh, uh, my speech, uh, I was slurring my words. I was having a hard time remembering what words meant. And, uh, you know, there's a there's alcohol and drugs involved, too. I've been sober and clean for for eight years, and I thought that would that would help. And it did to an extent. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of things that uh, that happened during that time frame uh, that made an impact on how I see life now. And uh, I've since had hyperbaric oxygen therapy um, to help heal a lot of portions of my brain. Uh, back in 2019, I made a decision to kill myself. And, Jeez. you know, that was all in part to, you know, my brain not being well and my life just consistently falling apart. Um, you know, being in the Marines, there's not a lot of room for feelings and emotions, right? So yeah. I went to Iraq and I emotionally shut off. Uh, you know, I was this cold person. I ruined my first marriage because I was running around uh, on my wife. And I didn't, I, it wasn't because I wanted to do these things. Although I made those decisions, those decisions do them. It was the fact that I was dying inside. I was extremely lonely. I was extremely depressed. I had severe TBI and I was trying to find this, this feeling. I was trying to fill this empty void in my heart. That I couldn't. So all these things that were happening for so long, and uh, you know, I there were a few things that really entered my life that changed the trajectory of my life. And one was my relationship with God and learning what it meant to respect women, right? And then uh, the camaraderie factor for veterans because at that time in 2019 i live with my best friends i literally where i'm sitting here talking to you from um, across from me was a broken futon where i sat on and i had made that decision and i was overwhelmed uh or not overwhelmed i was overcome with peace it's like all right i'm gonna kill myself peace Everything that I've been struggling with, all the anxieties, all the stress, all of it was gone. I was overcome with so much peace. I was like, wow, I made the right decision. I made the right decision to do this. And uh, as soon as my roommate left, I got up and I got a phone call. And I got up because I was going to walk to his room to use his gun to shoot myself. And uh, I had met this Marine Wade. I met this Marine Wade uh, through another Marine who I met, and he called me right as I got up, and he said, hey, do you want to come shoot a video with us? At that time, he owned a supplement company, and I was like, sure. It beats what I'm about to do now, and they don't know me, so it's not like it's going to matter to them that if sure. I kill myself, you know, it's going to have an impact on them. And uh, I wound up going to shoot that video, and I came back. I was filled with so much joy and happiness that I sat on that broken futon and I said, I don't have to kill myself anymore. I don't have to die. And it just clicked in my head. 
It's like, I need to be around those guys. Because I have met all these soldiers, sailors, Marines that I didn't know were in my community. And I, I just, it clicked in my head that I needed to be around them. And that that's what gave me the foundation and platform where I'm at now. Uh, you know, I had been asking God to help me for so long, like, you know, to give me something. And he kept giving me these people in my life. He put people in my life, like this guy, Matt Chemworth, randomly met him at a veteran job fair. Matt introduced me to Wade. And Wade's the one that introduced me to Irreverent Warriors. And Irreverent Warriors introduced me to camaraderie. And from that, that's where we built the Barracks Legend Foundation, my nonprofit, that I work with uh, Natalia. And uh, it's been, these last four years have been extremely, uh, extremely uh, difficult at times, but extremely rewarding, fulfilling, because I'm, I, I answer the call from guys and girls that are struggling with what I struggle with in suicide, alcohol, drugs, all these things. And I'm able to, to help guide them in the right direction now. And, uh, and, and, and now I'm here, you know, now I'm in medical school to be a chiropractic doctor so I can continue to help more and more people. Well, uh, amen, brother. You know, the brotherhood saved you. Yeah. Camaraderie with other men saved you. I mean, you were in yeah. the Marine Corps, but then you joined this. It saved you. And in the work that we do with men, we talk about all men need to be a part of a brotherhood. Because this is something we've done throughout human history is we've always been part of brotherhoods. It's only the last 50, 60 years when this crazy feminazi commie nonsense came saying, oh, no, 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 men shouldn't do that. And men are chauvinist and toxic and bad and all that bullshit that that didn't become the norm anymore, right? And you are an example of the brotherhood literally saving your life because you were ready to take your own life until some brothers came up and said, hey, do you want to do something? And you thought, wow, that sounds better than what I was going to do, which was shoot myself. Yeah. Right? And it so moved you that you got involved with other veterans. Like we in Sovereign Man, we run a, an organization that's meant to uplift men, manhood, and masculinity. I'd love to have you come and join us on one of our Zoom meetings just to check out who we are and what we're all about and see if this is something that resonates with you. But I'll tell you something, man. Your testimony here as, as a man who discovered God, as a fellow Christian over here, it really blew me away. I, I, I want to show you something. This here is my daily companion. I know. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I read the Word, and the Word gives me faith. Um. And it's incredible to me that there's men and women, mostly men, but some women these days too, who answer the call to fight, bleed, and die so the rest of society, people like me, can enjoy the blessings of liberty. And one of the most evil things that commie feminazi bastards did in the last 60 years is take 
the admiration that society had for men and women like you away from them. So I, I say to you, A, and this is nowhere near enough, but I thank you and honor you for your service to the cause of freedom and to the cause of this noble grand experiment in representative government that we have. And I also say, I thank you for answering the call to help your fellow veterans do what they need to do in order to win and succeed and not succumb to suicide because far too many veterans kill themselves far more than fall in battle. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, Absolutely. I appreciate your support. I appreciate your kind yeah. words. You know, I, I know the, it's not the, you know, the cool thing to be patriotic anymore. And I, and I know it's not cool to be in the military or, or even the first responders, right? It's, it's not cool to be a cop. Being a cop is so demonized now, you know, and, you know, they, they, they look at them like, oh, they're, they're terrible. They're, they're, you know, abusing their powers They're killing people and, if, if you look at the actual statistics behind those things, they're so, so minimal, so minimal. You know, are there bad apples? Of course there are. There's going to be bad apples everywhere. I don't condone police brutality or anything like that. Neither do any of my friends. I have hundreds of friends that are cops in all different agencies, and they do not condone those behaviors. Those men and women that do those things are not the men and women that represent who they really are, you know? We don't need to spend time on that because to me, that's the that's the narrative of the demon that right. is demonizing good people. Like, fuck them is the way I see it. Fuck the people that support the BLMers, the Antifas, and those that attack the police and the military. Fuck them all. They can go to hell. Ronald Reagan... It's my favorite president, certainly the greatest president we've had in the last 150 years. He had this wonderful phrase that he would use when they asked him, yeah, what's your policy with regard to the Soviet Union and the communists? He said, oh, it's very simple. We win, they lose. We win, they lose. That's my fucking policy with respect to the enemies of the military and the law enforcement and the enemies of freedom and the enemies of a great civil society. We win, they lose. They fucking burn in hell and they lose. Right. No, no more time to be kind to them, to pretend they're part of our civil polity. They're the evil ones. You're the good guys. They're the bad guys. It's that simple. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know the truth. They don't, you know, a lot of people haven't left the confines of this beautiful country, right? So they haven't spent time in other countries that have other forms uh, of government. Yeah, they haven't, right? So when I look at things I, I did in Iraq, people are like, oh, you know, that war is so corrupt and all these different things. Or even Afghanistan. Oh, it's so big. You're, you're looking at men that marry children like oh that's that's their culture it's like no that's those are pedophiles yeah raping boys and girls i have no resentments or i'm sorry no regrets with any of my service any of my time 
and I highly doubt any of my friends do, knowing that they've killed plenty of pedophiles. Like, I know there's some weird thing that some, you know, our government's not that great, obviously. But I know no we went there so, and demolished a lot of pedophiles. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, Joe Biden likes to smell the hair of little girls, man. When he like like the, the guy's a creep. Yeah. He's a fucking creep. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's a lot of dark things that are happening in our government. A lot of dark things, and it all it's. I mean, it all comes to light. It's all coming to light. All of it. I mean, you look at that movie, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom, baby. Love that movie. Oh, man. Great movie. Great and movie. you look at that and you look at how easy it is for our government to try to distract, you know, the masses from what's really going on. Right? Yeah. You look at Tim Ballard's hard work and the fact that that movie was, was supposed to be released, what, five years ago? Yeah. And Disney tried to buy it and so they can shelf it. Yeah, Walt you know? Disney's rolling in his grave, man. That guy was a great American. That was a great American who believed in America, the promise of America, and loved children, was trying to like uplift children. And his successors have taken a big fat dump on his legacy. Yeah. That's you know, that that's sick and sad. It's terrible. And I mean that's happening everywhere, you know? It's 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 happening everywhere. Yeah, amen, man. Amen. No, it's uh it's a it's a it, it, it's a messed up thing, but that's why I'm having conversations like this with men like you because you're an embodiment of the kind of man who answers the call and goes out there and fights for freedom. What is a man's first job? It's to be a protector. As a father, you're a yeah. protector of your family. As a man, you're a protector of your society. You, Angelo Martinez, you're a protector. Your father protector. That is your vibe. That is who you are. That's what you're all about, right? And that's what every man's got to learn how to be a protector. You got to learn. You got to be physically strong. You got to learn how to take care of yourself. You got to learn how to fight. You know, like I'm 56 years old and I used to take martial arts and I stopped kind of 40 years ago. And I'm like, that was a dumbass move. So I'm going to get back into that. That's going to be one of the things I want to get into is start to learn how to defend myself and take care of myself. And, you know, it's important to be able to protect those that I love. And it's my opinion that every man needs to consider, first of all, the example of men like you and bring that example to light in his own life. Because if you bring that example to life in your own life and you, and you live as a protector, you'll either join the military, join the armed forces, join first responders, or take lessons in jujitsu, martial arts, boxing, mixed martial arts, and get yourself to a point where you can be an asset, an asset to the world, an asset to our society. Our society needs men to stand up and be like Angelo Martinez and not like, I don't know, the dude who goes around screaming, oh, Barbie's a great movie. <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of it starts in um, at home, raising the kids, right? Yes, sir. You know, I think a lot of it is, is um, 
it's hard for, I mean, if you look at the way we're being brought up now, it's very different, right? The way I, I didn't have any of this stuff. I didn't have computers, laptops, TikTok, Instagram. I didn't have any of that stuff None to that. distract me. Video games. Video games were, were rare, very rare. I was outside playing baseball or basketball or play hide-and-go-seek until the lights came on, the street lights came on, and then I ran home. You know, I didn't have, you know, you know I also didn't, my, uh, my mom was a single mom raising four kids. She did her best, but I didn't have a lot of male influence until my mom met my stepdad. And that was the real pivot, a very pivotal point uh, in my life because my biological dad had gone to jail several times in prison and my mom had to basically raise me to be a man and she was struggling. So when my stepdad stepped into the picture, that is when I started learning what respect was. And he was the one that influenced me to join the military because I was, a, you know, a snot nosed punk kid that thought I knew it all. And he gave me two choices, get a job or join a military. And, uh, my best friend came up to me in the lunch, the lunchroom in cafeteria and said, hey, you want to join the Marine Corps with me? I was like, I don't even know what that is. He goes, I'll show you. And I went into the Marine recruiting station, met Gunny Gallimore. I saw him in dress blues, and I was sold. I was sold. And then I went home. He came home, met my parents and my sisters. And the way my family looked at him in dress blues I was like, oh, I want that. I want that. They looked at him with admiration, respect. They were like, wow, that's that's a man. That's and a man. I want, I want that. And I did. Oh, that's a man, brother. That's it. You know when a man walks in the fucking room, man. You know. There ain't yeah. no messing around. Yep. And that was Bet it. Bet you didn't you know, think you were going to have this conversation with me today, did you? Right. <laughs> You know, that's, that's the thing too. You know, I, even joining the Marines, I still had a lot of growing up to do because, you know, I, I had my dad for a short term and being a man in the Marine Corps is very different than being a man in the civilian world, right? Being a man in the Marine Corps, especially the infantry, you're either training, lifting weights, or you're deployed or you're drinking and womanizing. That's, that's the culture in the infantry. So I had to learn when I got Sounds out. Sounds like a great culture to me. <laughs> yeah, it, it was until, you know, I uh, – until the addiction portion came in, right? Because there's a lot of traumas, a lot of issues in my brain because we're unresolved. So I had to learn how to, you know, one, I had to establish a relationship with God. There's no one more manly than Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. There isn't. No one. Amen. I had to learn. I had to learn how to be a man through him. Because I had to learn how to not sexually objectify every woman I saw. I had to learn what being faithful truly was. I was faithful to my boys, the Marine Corps, but I could never be faithful to a woman. So I had to learn all these things through jesus christ through the bible 
And uh, that is what really uh, set me up to be where I'm at now, to be a man. Because it took time to learn. I had to learn how to be a man. I know I'm a man, and I know I can protect people. But I have to also learn how to be a man for the people, not just for myself. Now, like, uh, I'll tell you something, Angelo. I'm glad you're doing the work you're doing for veterans. I want to invite you to come and be uh, a guest at our Sovereign Man Zoom meeting. And I, I like to have a vision seeing a man like you being able to help young boys coming into manhood from the next generation and giving them the um, role models that they need to live a great life. Because let's be honest, the role models that are out there for young boys today are fucking Instagram influencers with abs and fake cars and fake houses. Look at me, look at my life and saying bullshit to boys. They don't need that, man. They need real men uh, to be out there. And man, I could see you being with us at Sovereign Man and helping us help a thousand young men, 10,000 young men get their shit together, you know, and learn how to overcome trauma because that's important for young men to do. You can't be somebody who's like, okay, I'm tough. I'm never going to talk about shit. There's got to be places you can talk about shit with other men and let them get that crap out of you so you can get the poison out of your system. I went through a divorce and it was sitting in a circle of men that healed, healed me. That was it. Nothing else healed me but sitting in a circle of men, getting the poison out, letting the anger out, practically coming to blows with a couple dudes because of the stupid shit that I said and the reactions they had. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and the men being okay with the conversation getting intense, but not letting us get to the point of punching the shit out of each other, you know? Right. And that was like, that's what boys need. They need a way to channel their aggression and their energy in a positive and constructive manner. Right. And they also need men to show them how to do this. Yeah. It, it's, it's very important. There's a lot of men out there from the military that have stepped up into the public arena and have big... Um, followings on social media and that's all great but i don't think anything replaces a personal connection with another man you know i don't think anything replaces you being able to talk to 10 20 30 men in a metaphorical platoon and helping them see the light helping them see the way right you know i i think about like some of the guys that really stepped up into the public eye like Tim Kennedy, Chad Robichaud. You know, Chad Robichaud is one that stands out most because he created Mighty Oaks Foundation where it takes uh, combat veterans and it basically is a spiritual uh, retreat for a week. They have a program and they're just with other combat veterans that experience the exact same things they have. Sure. And they show up dead and they leave alive, Right. Guys like Cody Alford, Miller Marine, like just doing amazing things that are setting strong examples for what it means to be a man, right? And uh, you know, I look at those guys and I look at the men that are around me. I look at guys like Wade or look at guys like like Eric that are around me that set the standards for me. Every single day they set the standard. You know, they're not falling for this weak mindset they're not falling for the victim mentality 
you know, they wake up 4 a.m. and they're in the gym or they're up at five and they're meditating, you know, they're doing things that they know are going to either A, bring them closer to God or B, make them a stronger protector. And that's, that's, you know, you are who you hang around, right? You're the average of the five people you hang around. And Amen, brother. Amen. That's, that's where it's at. You know, until until uh, I changed my circle, I wasn't going to be anywhere else than down here. And when I did, it brought me up here. And you got to be careful with that. You do. And you got to uplift other people around you. As a man, you yeah. can't be so, like, circle focused that you forget to bring. Yeah. Rising tide lifts all ships, right? Rising tide lifts all, all ships, right? That's 100%. And it's the role of a man to help the next generation, to help the men that are seeking help. You know, um, yeah, don't hang around losers. Don't hang around idiots. Don't hang around people who want to drag you down and make themselves feel better. 100%. But lend a hand to the man that's down and lend a hand to boys. This Saturday, uh, my son plays soccer. He's 17. Him and his five of his teammates, they're getting together with me uh, and another of the fathers. We're going to be around the fire. We're going to cook meat on the fire, and we're going to talk. We're going to help these boys start to see the transition from boyhood to manhood. We're going to have conversations about, you know, when and where to reveal yourself, to whom to reveal yourself, to whom not to reveal yourself. We're going to have conversations about ruthless compassion how to be compassionate to men, but ruthless with them at the same time. We're, we're going to have conversations about how to be able to keep confidentiality. And 17-year-old boys need to learn this. And this yeah. is why we're doing this. And there's a lot of men that need to learn this because they never got taught this, brother. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of men don't need you. You were in the military. You went through hell, but it also forged you and it also helped you see brotherhood. And you got into a brotherhood. You got to get the vast majority of men aren't in a brotherhood. They don't even know what the yeah. fuck that means. And there's not a lot that's of accountability. Killing them. It's killing them, brother. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons why there's such a high divorce rate. Because you have men that don't have groups of men to help. To talk them through their bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> right? They go home and they, they talk to their wife and their wife doesn't <laughs> understand. God, that's terrible. No. Worst idea in the fucking world. And, you know, there, there needs to be a relationship, obviously. And, you know. Yeah, but you can't but accept your wife that you to be to, like another man. You can't yeah, expect your yeah. wife to be a man for you, man. That's not her job. And that's why it has that's to. That's how I lost my marriage, man. <laughs> yeah. That's a, no, I, I 100% agree. So there has to be a group of men that are, are supporting you. You have to have those pillars. Because if you don't, you're gonna fall. It's like it's like building your house on sand. You know, you need community. You need strong men in your life that are gonna lift you up. And if you don't have oh, that, man. you're gonna fail. And you're gonna fail your your wife. And you're gonna fail your marriage. You know, Amen, I, man. I you know I, I think about the men that I'm that I surround myself with now. And one of the biggest topics is pornography pornography 
and I can see the circle I used to be a part of years and years ago, like, oh, pornography's fine, blah, 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 blah. Every single one of them divorced because of pornography. Pornography was a big problem in my life. I look at the guys I'm with now, nothing. None. Because they they look at it as it's draining you. It's detaching you from reality. And it's a waste of time. Like, Listen, when a man's not getting any and he's single, might be okay yeah, to jerk no. off to pornography once in a while. But yeah. if you're a married man and you're with a wife and you're in a relationship and you're looking at other naked women, that's a problem. You and your wife better figure that out sooner, not right. later. Right? Because right. that's like to- a little bit of cheating almost, right? Like you're looking at another yeah. naked girl. Yeah, and it's it's you need eyes for your wife, not other women that are taking away from you. And that was something I had to learn, you know, from a prior relationship. Not that I, that's what was happening, but I on Instagram, it's easy to follow people and then get caught up in it and then be questioned like, well, I feel like you don't have eyes for me. And I'm like, what? And then now I'm like, oh, that's why. So you have to go back and follow all these people and like you have to have eyes for it. And I, I get your perspective where you're single and you have sex and that's understandable. But there's also like, uh, you know, it's you're, you're hurting yourself watching it. You're hurting yourself. Uh, you know, brain wise, you're hurting yourself. You know, emotionally, you're hurting yourself, you know. But I get that perspective. But I know for for me, it's like I'm hurting myself in so many different spectrums that it's it's not worth it anymore. You well, know? I'll tell you this. Um, I think that a man's got to be more focused on having relationships with real people than with celluloid and yeah. the internet. So I will say that. I will say also that I can understand a, a man who's not in a relationship, not got a girlfriend, and he's got testosterone running through his freaking body. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's no, got, I understand he's, that. He's got a woody four times a day. I can see why he would do it. Now, I'm 56 years old. I'm in a relationship with a woman. You know, I'm in a different stage of life. So for me, pornography is not really a fucking issue, right? It's not something I'm right. drawn to or any of that crap. Uh, but I have been in the past, and I can understand younger men being involved in it. And as long as it doesn't become an addiction like drugs or drinking, you know, I think young men should be focused on excellence, should be focused on self-improvement. One of the things that one of uh, the mentors I've learned from, a man by the name of Justin Sterling, taught me was that, yo, you need to understand that as a man, you don't inherently have value. You've got to earn value. You've got to earn rank. You've got to earn honor. You've got to go out there and prove yourself. Women and children are loved unconditionally. Men are not, right? And that is a fact. So as a young man, work on improving yourself. Read books. You see behind me, I got a fucking library of books. I read a hundred books a year, paper books, man, not audio shit. You know, 
not little five-page ebooks, man. Paper books. I fucking learn. I read. I, I get to interview people like you. I learn from you. I learn. I have a business podcast. I learn from these business leaders I bring on that are some of the smartest, most accomplished business leaders in the world. I've had multi-billionaires on my show. Not to impress you, man, but just say, I like to learn. I want to see what right. I can learn from somebody who's accomplished shit or done shit I haven't done. You are a man who served in the military. I never served in the military, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I honor that you did. And I, and I want to learn from your experience. So when you tell me what you went through, when you tell me about the fact that it brought you to the brink of suicide, I go, damn, man. But for the grace of God, that could have been me. I've been in places where I was close to suicide. When I got divorced, I couldn't see my kids. There were times I thought about it, you know, didn't, didn't take action, didn't have a plan to grab a gun and stick the business end in my mouth, but still made me learn. And I go, wow, this is something a lot of veterans probably deal with because they're in a tough, uncold culture. And then they come here and the media narrative is all against them. No wonder they don't feel great. They don't feel like they're sacrificing their, their, their discipline is being honored. So I learned that I go, okay, fuck it. I can be a better advocate for members of our armed forces, our, 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 our law enforcement, our military, and say, you are the shit. You're the fucking people that deserve to be uh, cheered and, and deserve to be um, uplifted and admired. So that, that's the sort of thing that I want to do is I want to learn. And I appreciate hearing from you what you say on pornography. I've had several men on this show talk about the evils of pornography. And I've learned from every one of them. It's changed my opinion on aspects of it, you know? Especially when I saw The Sound of Freedom, I'm like, fuck this, man. I ain't watching something ever that's going to be used as a tool to justify recruiting little kids into sexual slavery. Fuck that. Fuck that all the way. Yep. 16 ways to Sunday, right? Yep. It's crazy how, uh, you know, people and for a while i thought this too i was like well it's pornography like this there you know it doesn't have any real impact on society until i realized it actually has a significant impact on trafficking and it it actually is a door that opens right pornography is uh the door that opens for trafficking because a lot and it doesn't matter what these companies go oh no these girls sign up for their own there are thousands of women that have spoken out about how and they're very popular stars. They're very famous. They spoke out about like how they were being coerced or they've had guns pointed at them or they were drugged or they were told to come to this place and how they were, you know, brutally raped and that was all on film. They thought it was just regular sex and been posted. They can't take any of these videos down. They can't do anything about that. Nothing. All, you know, they're going to be shown on these platforms forever. And the companies refuse to take them down. All of them. You know? And it's and that's what changed my perspective on it. Yeah, because amen. I'm fueling trafficking. Yeah, amen, man. Amen. Amen. Uh, Angelo, thanks for having the balls to do what you do. So tell us a little bit about your foundation and the work that you do. Sure. Uh, it's the Barracks Legend Foundation. And what we do is we bring veterans together and we keep them together, right? So we draw them out of isolation 
into community because that's the only way it's gonna that's the only way that we will truly improve their mental health and prevent veteran suicide you can go to therapy and it does work you know you can do these things but if you're missing that camaraderie like you're 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 not going to get that far you're not and I've, I've spoken to and even myself I go to therapy but I was going to therapy without camaraderie therapy without camaraderie is hard because I'm still going home alone I'm still going home and not looking forward to the next thing but the moment I found that camaraderie things really changed for me and that improved my mental health that improved that improved my therapy sessions because I'm meeting people and now I'm happy now I'm full of joy. And now I feel a lot more comfortable going home after therapy and being like, man, that was a good session, right? I'm starting to open up more because I'm in such a better place. I'm no longer down here. I'm up here because I know I'm going home and I'm going to be around my friends. I'm going to be around other men and women that are like me, you know, instead of going home and isolating again and, and just doing that vicious circle, you know, but, you know, we draw veterans out of isolation and we keep them out of isolation by hosting these events, axe throwing. We'll go shark diving next month with shark addicts. We'll go fishing um, with Tim, with uh, Team Teaser out of Pompano Beach. In October, we'll have a comedy show down in Miami and up in West Palm Beach. Uh, we'll have uh, a Friendsgiving on Veterans Day, we'll have an ugly shirt party, and we'll go to different cities and do our, our hikes with the Reverend Warriors. So we, we do a lot. We have a free veteran workout every Saturday at Evolution Fitness in Boca. So whatever we do is always going to be centered on bringing them together and keeping them together. Amen, brother. Amen. What you're doing is great. We'll make sure we put all that information in the show notes, man. Uh, Angelo. It's been a real pleasure and an honor to have this conversation with you. And um, let's continue uh, speaking offline. I want to do more things to collaborate together. Glad yeah, you came absolutely. on the show. I'll make you some uh, other introductions, bring you on some other shows. And please do come to a Sovereign Man Zoom meeting. I'd love to have you experience that and check that out. Yeah, and let's love talk to. about how else we can help you push the cause forward because it's a, it's a worthy cause. God Absolutely. bless you, brother. God bless you too, Nikki. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.